What's up, you guys? Garden Vibes, back with another episode here. And amid the fallout of the 2020 NBA Draft Lottery for the New York Knicks, I want to discuss this long-perceived notion, want, or... I don't even know if you say perceived, I just say think something we definitely pretty much know about by now is that the Knicks want a star. The Knicks are star-chasing, they're star-hunting, they've been doing so for years... They were star chasing for the 2019 free agent class with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, perhaps Kawhi Leonard. That obviously did not work out. Here we are, though, 2020, new front office regime, new head coaching staff, and here we are again, 2020, Knicks are star chasing. Again, apparently, according to a report from SMY's Ian Begley, who said that the Knicks feel that they're well-positioned to acquire a star. Now, that could be via trade, that could be via free agency. They have the free they have the free agent money to do that. There is no doubt about it. But my just assumption, I've I have no basis off this at all, but is that it would be for a trade. It would be for a trade because the Knicks have all of their first-round picks plus a Dallas Mavericks first round pick in 2021 and 23 so they had the draft picked ammo and they also have players like rj barrett mitchell robinson frank nilakina each of whom are under contract and can be moved whether that's all a good idea or not is something i'll get into shortly here but this idea that the knicks want a star and trying to win the back page has been a thing for such a long time for years, going back before they even acquired Carmelo Anthony. The Knicks were star chasing from 2008 and on when Donnie Walsh was hired to run the front office. Even before that, when Isaiah Thomas was in the front office, when someone like um, Stephon Marbury was brought in, and then the players around him eventually, who were big name, who were somewhat big names, but not exactly the right productive players to put around, and then big-time money was given out. Trades happened, including Jamal Crawford and Eddie Curry. Crawford worked out okay. Curry, as you know, was a uh, complete disaster. So, the Knicks, more often than not, have a bad track record with stars. Yeah, they they also have obviously um, signed Amari Stoudemire, who could not stay healthy after one year. And they trade for Carmelo Anthony, which at the time was seen... Like, them basically giving away their team to Denver. But, of course, I would say Mel turned out to be the best player by far in that deal. But, still, the Knicks will do whatever it takes to get a star. Especially if it's someone who wants to go to them. Right now, I have not seen any kind of report or rumor that that's going to be the case. But, you never know what can happen across an always crazy NBA offseason. Now, it's probably going to take... To me, a trade, because the closest thing the Knicks can probably get to a star this offseason is a Fred Van Fleet, who's a very good player. But I don't know if I would categorize him as a this star player the Knicks are looking for to run New York basketball. That's just, I don't think that's happening there. And Anthony Davis, who's also supposed to be a free agent, I would be, I think me and everyone else who has a, a basketball opinion would be stunned if he left the Lakers. Especially if they go on to win the NBA title this year. So, that that's a whole nother thing to this equation here. Because, 
At one point, maybe it seemed like before Anthony Davis got traded to the Lakers, maybe it seemed possible. And sure, he's already said him and his agent that he's going to hit free agency, but I I don't think that's going to happen. But hey, throw me an old takes exposed, <laughs> if it does. So, the Knicks have assets to deal, somewhat. They have the draft picks, as I noted. The player players-wise, I don't think it's really that fast. Mitchell Robinson has some value to a point where he's a great young shot-blocking center, defensive presence, but but he's mostly just a rim-running guy. And I mean, I shouldn't say just he is a rim-running guy, but you just question how much value does that go in for other teams? I mean, he's a terrific defensive force, but he also fouls a lot, and he doesn't have. And his game is still kind of out of control a little bit. So it's kind of unknown the value he would have in a potential big deal. Um, R.J. Barrett did not have a very smooth rookie year. It started off well, but it fell off a, a, a steep, slippery slope. And he just wasn't efficient. He wasn't hitting his shots. He was having trouble, some trouble doing the things he did well at Duke including driving to the rim to find his shots and cleaning up at the basket. It just wasn't working out that well for him. Yes, he's 19 years old, of course, but it's just a little cause for caution as he goes into his sophomore year. So, you wonder, even though he was the number three overall pick, I I'm assume he has some kind of value. Does he have insane value like a John Morant or a Zion Williamson who went one and two ahead of him? No, no way. And then there's Frank Nielakino, who probably doesn't have a lot of value at this point because he's proving just to be a defensive-minded player with spurts of being able to hit a shot, but the spurts just aren't often enough to give him this kind of bona fide uh, value here. So, to me, he's more in the form of a Tony Allen, which can be very valuable to a team in the league, just not the Knicks right now because they are not a winning team, so they cannot thrive off of someone who's defensive-oriented when the Knicks need offensive-minded players and defensive-minded players. They need a hybrid, and they just don't really have that right now. They either have one side of the, of the ball, or they have the other side of the ball, or they have players who just aren't good enough on either end. So, But that's veering a little, a little off track there. But the Knicks, I... I mean, unless they really do a draft pick laden offer, I really just don't see what else they have to really, really put a team over the top to make a trade. I For a star, at least. And that's why I just don't think they're in a position to do so. I don't. I, I don't see why, they're, why there is a reason to milk out the rest of the assets, which, yes, they did keep, but from the previous regime... I don't see why they need to milk out the rest of these assets to do something drastic and something that's probably not going to make them a contender. Because if they waste all their assets on a con- on one piece, it's not going to be enough. Like a DeMar DeRozan, who was previously rumored to be wanting out of San, San Antonio earlier this year, and he could pick up his player option. I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to work well. Bradley Beal, very, very good player. Is that going to work for him? As the lone guy, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and then you then you're going through 2021 
relying on hitting free agency and hoping that one player is attractive enough to bring someone into Madison Square Garden. We don't know what kind of appeal Bradley Beal has or DeMar DeRozan has. I would say Beal has a little more than DeRozan because Beal has a little more of an all-around game offensively. And DeRozan's kind of... DeRozan's not exactly an analytical guy, I guess, if you want to say. But either way, either player, I don't think is enough to be a that big draw unless they have powerful friends in high places, which you never know of with, with the NBA. There could be two guys who are friends, or there could be a Kawhi Leonard situation where he calls someone up in the middle of the night and says, hey, I want you to join my team. And the player says, okay. That's in the case of Paul George, who is with Kawhi with the Los Angeles Clippers, and as of this recording, they are at a 2-2 halt with the Dallas Mavericks and with Paul George playing absolutely terribly. So, I don't think the Knicks are in position to get just a star of that caliber with, with Beal or DeRozan. Maybe they are, but they're not in position to build around those players because you're wiping out the young assets on the team you're wiping out draft picks and you're taking away opportunities to build around those players when we've seen how many teams that thrive off of building from within. You have the previous champion Cleveland Cavaliers from years back when they drafted Kyrie Irving. You have the Warriors who built from within with drafting Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. That, of course, takes a special thing to pull off, but... They did it. (laughs) You have the Portland Trailblazers who drafted C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, two figurehead guys right there. You have the Utah Jazz who drafted Donovan Mitchell. You have the Denver Nuggets who drafted Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and so on. You teams who build from the draft, a lot of them, and they stay somewhat patient with their assets. Boston Celtics too. I mean, yes, it took some trades, but they did end up picking up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Things work out when you use these draft picks, and yeah, not all they're not always going to work, clearly. Clearly, every single draft class, you're going to find a laundry list of quote-unquote busts. But you have to have you have to give the chance of something happening. Now, Nick struck with Chris Epps for Zingas in 2015. Kevin Knox and Frank Nielakina, right now, not so much. R.J. Barrett, to be determined. But sometimes teams go a couple of years without hitting on players. And the Knicks before this did not really have any first-round picks, and that's partly why they're in the position now. Exactly why they're in position now. Because whether it was Isaiah Thomas blowing through first-round picks, whether it was the next regime blowing through picks sending on Andrea Bargnani and other players, it just did not work out. And falling back into that same rabbit hole, especially when the Knicks are not ready to compete at all, with even getting into a fringe playoff spot, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. I wish they would they would be a little more patient to rely on the draft for a star. They they had it in Porzingis before that that all got messed up, but if they they have a chance to strike gold again, perhaps this year. Perhaps next year, I think 2021 is supposed to have a little bit of a deeper class. So, and especially with how the lottery goes now, the Knicks could land 7th, 8th, and then potentially wind up with 
the number one overall pick, number two, just getting into that top four range. Of course, they had six, did not happen this year, but they were also had greater odds of falling to number eight than staying at number six. Or they at least had a decent enough percentage to fall to number eight where it was realistic, which was not exactly realized. Oh, man. So, it's always something with the Knicks here, and I just don't think that making a trade for a star right now gutting the, the assets they have already and limiting, limiting, limiting themselves for building out their team and building through the draft and even keeping some of these assets to use for a time when they are ready to take a step forward. Because this team is not ready to take a step forward right now. They're not. They are in no position whatsoever to feel that they are on the cusp of something. And it's also, sure, partly due to a horrible, horrible offseason in 2019 when a plethora of power forwards were brought in. For whatever reason, a plethora of power forwards were brought in. It did not go well with how the league was going. They did not go out and get guards. And it brought them down even further because they gave these guys one, two-year deals. They're all, most of them are probably not going to be with the team, I would guess, because their contracts can either be um, declined or they just become unrestricted free agents. Yeah, it's it's not a great group. The group really is Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Frank Nilakina, Kevin Knox maybe if he stays around, um, Dennis Smith Jr. I just can't see him being long for this team. And then Julius Randle is still under contract, but... You'd have to guess he's a trade candidate, especially for being a, a major signing from the old regime. I, w- I have a feeling that he, he could be a guy that goes, but it depends on just who would want to take him. And then there's the other side of the coin here, too, that I want to discuss a little bit, which of how the Knicks can use their cap space instead of going out to acquire a star. And I'm going to do a, probably a bigger episode on, on this at some point. Maybe we'll do it soon. But just briefly touching on how the Knicks can assume a big contract and take on draft capital into their salary cap. Something they probably should have done in 2019 when they realized that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were not signing there. And instead using that cap space on a bunch of players who made absolutely no difference to the team. So... They have, the, they have the space to do that. They can acquire more assets, and then you can take those assets and you can maybe push them towards a bigger player. Maybe. Because at that point, you'd have a ton of first-round picks. But then again, I'm kind of contradicting what I, said, what I said a little bit earlier, and you know what? I'd probably just want to keep them for a couple of years or so, see how they materialize before jumping on the train of, yes, let's steal them right away. Because teams fluctuate in record year by year, as seen with some surprising teams like the Trailblazers, who fell from the, from the top of the West to the bottom and almost missed the playoffs. Some teams have injuries and they miss the playoffs completely. So you never know when some of these first-round picks are going to land. And, I mean, of course, in the case of the Mavericks, they it's, it's going to be low first-round picks for the Knicks in years to come. But, yeah. So... The Knicks, well, it would be smart, I would say, to go out and get picks if they're really committed to re, uh, 
retooling or rebuilding, my instinct says no right now, unless I'm proven otherwise, unless I'll have to say I'll believe it when I see it by the end of the offseason. How about that? I'll believe it when I see it once the prime part of free agency takes place, which also usually includes trades. So, I I would, and again, we'll go into this in a, little, in a bit of a deeper dive in a future episode, but using that cap space to go out and trade for a big contract like Tisk Tisk, Al Horford, could work. Even though someone like Al Horford would probably have no want or desire to be in New York, he signed a bloated, bloated contract for being such an older player to the point where he's not going to get a say, I don't think, in what happens with his career if the Philadelphia 76ers decide to blow it up. But then again, would the Sixers decide to trade with someone so close to them within the Eastern Conference? Perhaps not. But again, different topic for a future episode. We might even do that in, in September, I guess. So we'll see. Or maybe the, the August 31st episode. So we'll see. So... I think that will do it for covering this Knicks trade rumory episode here. Looking at them possibly wanting a star. You can, we'll see what happens there. You can catch us more at Garden Vibes. Right now we're on Spotify and some other podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts hopefully soon. And yeah, we're going to keep covering this stuff here. You can follow me at RealRobWolken on Twitter. Which, that's a handle that will probably change sometime soon. And you can catch us with a new episode right now every Monday. Sometimes we might do two episodes in a week if there's enough to talk about. Of course, there could be emergency situations with the Knicks since everything usually happens with this team. But for the most part, we are going to be every Monday. So, thanks for following along and we will talk soon.